I think there is a big difference between feeling fear and being afraid. So when we feel fear and we make space for it and it can move through our bodies, usually it reveals a deeper stability, a deeper openness, a deeper expansion or a deeper relaxation. But when we contract and we hold on to the fear, we start to project it outwards and make things scary. That's where we are being afraid. And that for me comes together with contraction. This is Let's Get Juicy with me, your host, Juliette Lipman. I'm a female leadership mentor to women who are literally looking to trip in pleasure, wealth, and soul. This is your portal to being inspired and uplifted by intimate conversations I'll be having with powerful women who have reached success on their own terms and that it's all available to you too, my love. I'm so excited you're here. So let's get juicy, shall we? Hello, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing really well. Beautiful. I'm so excited to have you here in Amsterdam in my closet. Yeah, it's so exciting. (laughs) We're here, the two of us, sitting on sheepskin and... um, my it's clothes. really cozy, actually. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you feel that way. Good. It's like, it's for the sound, but also it's creating like a little cocoon for us to dive yeah. into these topics today. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. So I just want to first introduce Nicole. Uh, Nicole, well, my how I met Nicole was I worked with Nicole two years ago, or a year and a half ago. Something like that. Yeah. And we originally worked together in the realms of business. Um, And then about like half a year after we worked together, you were hosting a retreat in Spain, really based off of your life's work. And you had a traditional Awanawa ceremony. Um, And it was such an amazing week together. And we were with like 30 women and we dived deep into... our deepest power and yeah I just remember at the end of the retreat women were roaring women were standing taller <laughs> and it was just wild <laughs> yes yeah. it's yeah. my favorite event of all of them yeah it was so powerful so from there I was you know thinking oh my god I need to get Nicole on this podcast I want to speak to her about all things regarding oh and I'd also taken an intuition course with you yeah, where you help your intuition yes yeah. where you taught us how to dive deeper into our intuition and the five clairs and so yeah when I see you I see this beautiful spiritual woman mentor to women who are looking to dive deep and find their true essence and their power and so part of that had to do with the clairs and so I'd love to get started talking about that so what are the clairs first of all <laughs> yeah well I would say that the clairs I never used this word I didn't know because I I'm my native language is not English that so <laughs> it's, it's Dutch so well, I usually say Claire senses that also a word in in English I think that is the correct way to say it actually oh, okay. I don't know why I'm saying yeah. Claire that's not English <laughs> it's just my made-up shit okay so. cool so 
I would say that most of us think that we don't naturally already have that. And my experience is that all of us have the clear senses inside of us. It's just that we, in like our regular life, going to school and studying, nobody really spends time nourishing and developing them. True. So it's almost like a potential that we carry inside of us in our intuition that yeah, most of us don't ever touch. Mm. So the clear senses are the senses that are beyond our physical senses. So it's the images that you can intuitively pick up on. Or it's when someone feels sad and they don't say it, but you sense it, mm. right? So it's mm. through your clear sentience that you can pick up on that. It's through your clear audience that maybe some in- intuitive... Uh, wisdom or some intuitive insights come in so it's the senses that work beyond our physical senses you can see this for example in mediums or psychics they have these these senses developed and they yeah it's very natural for them to include them in their work in their daily life and i do feel when we spend time developing them nourishing them it can support us in our life in our work in our relationships in yeah, basically in, in the whole of who we are. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I feel like some, like a lot of us were born with these gifts and yeah. maybe, you know, something frightened you about them when you were younger. So you, you dampened them or you muted them or you put them on pause. Yes. Or your parents didn't encourage them or they thought that was crazy or. Yeah. So when I was a child, my mother tells me stories that I would come home from school and I would know what we would have for dinner without her telling me. Wow. Or I told her once, like, we are going to move in a house that is like two houses from the corner at the water close to a bridge. And that's where my parents actually still live today. So there were already these intuitive um yeah, these intuitive gifts that were very active as a young child. But my mother and my parents back then, they didn't really know how to nourish that. And they were just like, okay, that's cool, but it is what it is. And it didn't really get the attention to develop it back then. But but it wasn't shut down. It wasn't shut down. No, absolutely not. No. (laughs) So when I was a teenager, it started to frighten me because I would also, I think like everyone else, sometimes watch a horror movie and I think we are very quickly then imprinted with the the realms that we cannot physically see being really scary, right? So I remember walking down the streets and I would sometimes feel like someone is behind me and then I would turn and there was nobody there. <laughs> I or, felt like that before. <laughs> yeah. Or I would jump into my bed in the evening because I was afraid someone would grab me from underneath the bed. Yep. Guilty of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I always wanted to sleep with a light on in the in the hall so I I to feel safe basically I was yeah. really scared to be in the dark really scared for the things that I could not physically see yeah so there was a point where I had to make a decision either I need to close it down completely or I need to find a teacher that can help me to develop this more mm. and I decided to do the last because I'm just way too curious to shut this down you know <laughs> I just want to say ask one thing here yeah it's interesting how you you dif- you could differentiate the difference between thinking that um you know is this actually something that I'm that I'm gifted in or is this something that I've made up yeah because I you know my, you, we have this similar story I would also be scared someone would grab me under the bed but I attributed that to horror films that I had seen yes. I wasn't actually thinking in the realms of wow this is something that I could that's real and this is something that I could further develop yes 
So how did you get to that place? Yeah, that's a beautiful question because I actually found my teacher and I studied with her for three years. And I would say the biggest lesson I had to learn is to trust what I'm sensing. Mm. So not necessarily the scary version of it, because I think when our clear senses receive some information, because it triggers fear and we don't know what's happening, we project a scary image onto it, Ah, right? So what I had to learn is to feel safe in the space of opening my curiosity because that's basically all you need when it comes to your psychic senses. Be curious and trust your experience, even if you think you are making it up. And that's what actually gives the space to open it. And then as you're practicing more and more, you will learn to make the feel the difference between what is real and what is made up because our fantasy works through the same channels so Mm. to speak right so when i think of a blue elephant where i see that in my mind's eye is also where information comes in when i connect with the spirit world for example so it's the same channel we use and it asks for a lot of practice in order to trust more the difference yeah yeah beautifully beautifully explained and that is something that you know I've always felt that I also have intuitive abilities as does everyone and until I actually took that course with you last year I projected those scary images of Chucky and poltergeist and all those yeah. children of the corn or all scream. these yeah, <laughs> all these horror yeah scream definitely one of them yeah all these horror films and then being held in a container where I was constantly being encouraged keep on trusting, keep on trusting, lean further. It's okay. It's okay. It's all okay. And something that you said at the time that I really remember was, um, even if you think you're making it up, continue to be curious. And you said, which I continue to do today, imagine you're closing your eyes and you're in the dark and your brain is like tentacles, like an octopus. And just allow them to be curious and sense and see what images come up. And Actually, the last um, session from that program, I was working, I got partnered up with a woman um, and we were supposed to sense each other's, um, yeah, someone in our life that that we loved, like a loved one. And so mm-hmm. I was, you know, octopusing it out with this woman <laughs> that was in front of me. I didn't know I her. I love how you say that, octopusing it out. <laughs> octopusing it out. Like, here I was, tentacles flying. <laughs> and... Um, she she lived in New Zealand. I had no I had never met her before. Um, and I got an image of um, of a car, of color of the car it was red and it was in a garage and the garage door was closed and there was a pipe going into the car. And I was really scared to tell her because I didn't know if I made it up or it, I didn't know what was going on, but yes. I just told her. Like, you know, at first I told her something else. I said, I think I saw something else. But then I was like, okay, I'm just going to tell her what I really saw. And then I told her what I saw. And then she um, got really emotional because that's how her father died. Wow. (sighs) Yeah. I just wanted to share that. And it starts with giving yourself permission to actually share what you're seeing or feeling or hearing or smelling or tasting, right? To be in a setting like that. Yeah. And that's the only way to figure out through the feedback. Oh, yeah, I actually, that's how he died. Like. It's amazing. Yeah, sorry, so it gives me goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> so you were saying that, you know, after you um, had realized that you have these abilities, so you were in your teens and you were in between, okay, 
do I, you know, get scared of this or do I actually seek out help? So yeah, you seek out support. Yeah, I found my teacher and she did this amazing training in the UK where you basically study um, evidence-based mediumship. So it's a style of mediumship where you don't go into only like the fluffiness of psychic work, which which really triggered me back then. <sighs> but you also really learn to offer specific information. So it's also like being able to sense how someone died when a loved one in spirit comes closer or what kind of disease they had or what kind of job they were doing. So, so to be able to really become specific in this language of energy. Yeah. And I studied with her. I decided to study with her in a three-year training. Wow. And for three years, we were basically learning this language. That's what it feels like for me. It's like learning a new language. So in the beginning, you speak a few words. Then you learn to form small sentences. And then after a few years, you learn to speak the language more fluidly. And the trust flows more easily. And then... Yeah, that's such a that was such a big shift for me. Such a big shift. How old were you at that time? I think I passed my exam because you actually needed to do an exam with a board of three people, and you needed to have ninety percent of the information right on the exam in order to pass. And that's what I loved about it because basically, when you have a soccer talent, you need to practice and train to become a good soccer player. But when it comes to mediumship. Yeah, a lot of people just put their sign on their office and say, okay, I'm a medium now, without really taking the time to crystallize in their gifts. So I think I passed my exam in 2013 or 14. Yeah, so that's like nine nine years ago. <laughs> so I was th- 25, I think. Beautiful. Something like that. I, I love that it was exactly like such an extensive process where you really were able to like marinate and sit and and also develop your abilities to the point where you were like okay this is real I'm in integrity with the work yeah and it's not just something that's made up like it's it's has a lot has a really solid foundation and base yes I and I feel that it's still the work is still continuing because once you find that trust in yourself, then I started to work with audiences, channeling their loved ones from spirit. And I would meet a lot of skeptical audiences. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I remember feeling like a circus artist needing to prove that my trick is real or something, you know. Mm. Um, so I stopped this work many, many times. So I feel mediumship has been a big teacher for me to go into a deeper trust in myself but also to not let opinions of others or judgments of others affect me so much as they did. Right. Because yeah. I mean, especially in that world, you're talking about people's loved ones yeah. that died and, and they want the evidence. They're yes. like, but what color was his car? Exactly. You know? <laughs> I would sometimes give such beautiful readings, you know, with beautiful evidence in it. And then they would be like, yeah, but you didn't say that his watch was purple or something, you know? <laughs> no way. <laughs> I stopped. I stopped a few times this work. And I could imagine. And that's yeah. disheartening because, yeah, it's like when someone has in their mind that they just, they don't believe they don't want to believe it's like there's nothing you can really say or do at that point to convince them if someone who's listening to this and is curious about strengthening their own intuitive abilities and their clairsentience um clair senses (laughs) do you what do you recommend for them to do yeah so i would say two things 
One is to give yourself the permission to trust your experience, even if you think you are making it up. So just give yourself the space. And if you think, yeah, but I'm not sure if I'm making it up, just let that be okay, you know? And in order to start receiving information, you only need, that's the second one, the one thing you need is your curiosity. So your curiosity is just like, like you said, like I usually say, bring your curious tentacles towards a situation or towards a, a place that you're visiting or towards a person. And usually it's nice to ask for permission <laughs> because not everybody likes it when you read them without permission. <laughs> Um, but to yeah, to bring your curiosity towards something and open your senses and your curiosity for anything that you're seeing, feeling, hearing, smelling, tasting, or knowing, and to trust that. And as you open that, yeah, it will also naturally guide you from there. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And also the importance and the, the safety and security of being held in that space by people by a coach or someone yes. that you that has experienced it and also that you feel safe exploring because you can yeah. do it on your own but the encouragement in the container yeah is just like where you can really play and fail and develop and iterate and strengthen and yeah, all that fun stuff it's true you can get lost in your mind very easily with this yeah with yeah. story get yes. into all these stories yes yeah totally. yeah beautiful thanks for that yeah Hello, hello, coming in here for a little quickie. If you're ready to call in your next 2.0 self, woo, hey girl, I'm here. I work with some of the most amazing women who are ready to expand from starting and growing their own personal brands to inviting in even more pleasure and love into their lives. We don't have to buy into the toxic myth anymore that in order to get ahead, we need to be more confident or that we need to grind ourselves to the bone either. My inbox is open should you feel called to join forces and invite in even more pleasure and productivity in my one-on-one -on -one VIP coaching mentorship. My love, we're all so damn scared of failing, but... What if you freaking fly? Ah, all right, back to the episode now. As you were saying, Nicole, about how when you were practicing mediumship with individuals, how you had to convince, you know, they wanted uh, you to convince them that you were yes. legit. Yeah. It's interesting because many of us have that when we're showing up on, in the online space as healers, coaches in this new paradigm. And we're doing things that are not the traditional nine to five. We're in very yes. various different realms. And so I'm curious how it's been like for you to show up online and to have a business um, doing something that's off the beaten path compared to all the other people that are might be in your network from growing up and childhood and et cetera. Yeah. It has been really challenging at times. I mean, it's the fire of my soul that kept me moving forward. But there is a part of me, a little girl in me, that just sometimes wanted to run away, you know, that was just scared of being rejected, scared of being made wrong, scared of being misunderstood. And for that, um, sometimes would prefer to keep small instead of showing my mains fully, you mm. know. And I think we all meet that at some point when it comes to living more of our purpose and our mission. 
there is a part of us that needs to unhide that actually feels comfortable in the hiding. And that's scary. Mm. But my experience is also when we can make space for that fear, allow that fear to move through us and not letting it make us be super afraid and crawl back in our hiding cave, then yeah, magic happens in that place as well. You know, and it's not that I moved through it completely. There is now new projects coming that again I feel like, oh my god, <laughs> my little girl is like, no, please no. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's that's part of being like like a rebel or a revolu- like revolutionary. You know, like we are here to break how how like the mainstream does it. We are here to set something new, and some people get super triggered by that, and that's okay. But it has been a massive process for me to be okay with that. Yeah. And <laughs> I can imagine we, we are all going through that in some way, shape, or form. Yes, totally. And yeah, I'm curious what it's been like for you to come fully out. I know that darkness has been one of your greatest teachers. And yes. you actually just came back from a darkness retreat in yes. Mexico, nine days in darkness. Was this it? time it was five days. Five days. Still, still intense. Yeah. <laughs> I spent 12 days in 2018, seven days in 2021, and then I did another two days and now five days. So a total of 26 days in complete dark. In complete darkness. Yeah. In short, I could say that a dark retreat is spending time in a room that is completely deprived of light. So basically you can wave your hand in front of your face and you don't see it. And it's dark 24 hours a day. It's really dark. There's no light, no light leak whatsoever. Wow. There's a bed in the room, a toilet, a shower. There's space to put your yoga mat, to put some like essential oils or take some things with you. And then there is a double doored box through which they give you food. Uh, You can choose how often. I usually choose twice a day. So it's a late breakfast and an early dinner. Um, I don't see any people. I don't meet any people. It's just me spending time in solitude in the dark. Is there any noise outside of the room? It depends where you do it. There is a lot of different places in the world where you can do dark retreats. I always do it in Mazunta, Mexico. And there are actually some people outside uh, that you can hear during the day. And that usually helps me to stay a little bit in touch with the world. (laughs) Uh, But there are also places where you're completely in nature, where you don't hear people at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just hearing this. It's like so many fears come up. It's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, well, what if there's a fire outside? Will they come and get you? And what if, you know, the world ends and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're just in your box yeah. in darkness? Yeah. Well, the, the beautiful thing about a dark retreat is you it's your own retreat, right? So I'm the one switching off the light when I start. Mm. I'm the one closing the door. So you're not being locked up. You mm. can go out anytime you want. Ah, okay, good. Uh, you can switch on the light anytime you want. I don't want to do that. But ah. it's, a, it's a very safe space in the sense that you're not forced to do anything. It's your retreat. And I feel that's the beauty of it. You can bring your own practice. Some people practice yoga in there, some practice martial arts, some do breath work. You can bring your own practice in there. And that's what I feel is the power of spending time in darkness is that you can really land in your own essence. No input from any teacher, Hmm. nobody telling you what to do, but just the dark holding you like in a womb, you know, and absorbing anything you no longer need. Right. And I can imagine that being in the darkness 
all of your fears and and worries come up and you're able to work with them so how what is it like for you having those those thoughts going into it and how do you work with yourself in the yeah. dark well I first want to share that like spending time in dark is a tr- is like a practice that has been used by many different traditions so you can see it in like the yogi yogi history there's many tribes that used to work mm. in dark there's even a tribe I think it's in Colombia where they would raise the, some of the kids of the tribe for the first nine years of their lives in the dark completely. And they would become the shamans of the tribe. Oh, wow. So like, it's a tradition that is is already held for many, many years. I can understand why they would do that, because without having input from the outside world, like conditioning, exactly. everyone's expectations, society, yeah. your parents me- messing you up, right? That yeah. happens in the first nine years. Exactly. And so by shutting them off from all that, they can only look within and find their own power. Yeah. I'm sure they came out very wise at nine or ten. <laughs> like, wow. I, I think it, I can imagine it has its downsides also. Yeah, I like, don't like know like how no childhood you would... or playing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, what I find beautiful that you can see it in different traditions across the world where this practice was being yeah we was being held as sacred yeah and um i don't remember your question what is your question, <laughs> the question was, <laughs> i get so excited yeah. when i can speak about this yeah i love your excitement for it because you help me and i think those who are listening feel that it's not that scary because you have a lot of honor and respect for it yeah. and using it as a tool to find your deeper inner power yes. instead of looking for it in all the wrong places in a way, like you're yeah. shut off from stimulation. So you can only look within. And so the question was when you are looking within and the fears and the doubts and all this stuff come up, because I could imagine being with yourself is vulnerable and very intimate and so all of your shit comes up and so how do you deal with that yeah I think when it comes to darkness retreat especially when you go in there alone there's also group retreats but Mm. when you go in there alone I think it's very important that you at least have some basic practices to hold space for yourself in intense situations otherwise I can imagine that it gets really really intense but I remember that all my retreats for the first few days, it would be a lot of resting, a lot of sleeping. Like Mm. it's just being in the dark, your body thinks, okay, we're going to sleep now. Mm. (laughs) So it's mainly a lot of resting. But then after three days, the body starts to produce DMT naturally. So it's the same substance that you can find in plant medicine like ayahuasca. The body starts to produce that by itself. So you go on a deeper journey. And that's where I definitely every single retreat have met, yeah, fears and sometimes really, really deep fears. Wow. So how I hold space for myself is a few things. Usually it's reminding myself that I am just in a room as my bed is here, the shower is there, the toilet is there, I'm okay, you know. Um, that's one and then to make space for those fears I think there is a big difference between feeling fear and being afraid so when we feel fear and we make space for it and it can move through our bodies usually it reveals a deeper stability a deeper openness a deeper expansion or a deeper relaxation 
But when we contract and we hold on to the fear, we start to project it outwards and make things scary. Mm. That's where we are being afraid. Mm. And that for me comes together with contraction. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And even using, you know, having being an entrepreneur and having your own business as an example, there's so much fear around showing up and being visible. Yes. And, and so I love this, what you're saying about like seeing it as just, as fear letting it move letting it express yeah but then yeah I'm curious how that's been like for you to move through that yeah I remember I most of the time it's okay I feel my body is quite used to making space whether it's for rage whether it's fear whether it's joy like all flavors of that but I do remember especially my first retreat about halfway into the retreat where the DMT level was really really high and I started to, like, the psychic abilities get also really, really strong because of DMT. And I felt that my spirit guides were connecting me to the collective pain of the world. And oh. that was so intense that it started to freak me out. And I remember that I stood up and I said, I want this to stop now. And I just sent everything away. And I, I even had to, like, quickly, like, flash the light on and off to snap myself out of it. Um, that was the only moment out of all the 26 days that I that it, that I felt challenged, but I didn't go out. I, I was really committed to stay in because I just know when I find a space to meet my deepest fears, there is just a core stability that opens that is so beautiful. And it doesn't matter if it's fear from our own beliefs, whether it's fear from something or someone outside of ourselves, whether it's fear from a government, whether it's fear of demons and entities, it doesn't matter. You know, when we can receive that as a gift to see where we're still holding on to it, it's an opportunity to find a deeper stability within ourselves. Hmm. Hmm. So if someone who's listening to this wants to encounter their fears their darkness in a deeper way what what advice would you give to them yeah so you mean in connection with spending time in the dark also yeah yeah so very simple way could be that you wait until the sun sets and there is a place in the house where it's dark maybe it's a bedroom maybe it's your bathroom and you just spend there some time it can be that you go into a dark bedroom and you just lay on the bed and you just feel what it does to your body to spend time with the dark yeah in the house it might be a bit easier because you feel really safe there so I don't know what kind of fears that would bring up mm. but I know since my first dark retreat that I really enjoy just leaving the lights off in the evening you know and just spend time in the dark and it has such a quality of regeneration you know like resetting unwinding like really breathing out with your whole body and being slowing down slowing down even in terms of like light around us I mean we wake up in the morning with a glaring blue screen phone in our face yes and we go to bed with that freaking screen in our face yes and it's so much um it's a false light I mean it's just so much light everywhere distraction yeah 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 distraction it's interesting to think of light as distraction because when things are when you turn off the light you're actually able to come home you're not being distracted by what you see exactly 
So you automatically turn inwards more. And it's an opportunity to notice how your body is actually feeling. What kind of sensations you're noticing. Like what's going on in your in your thoughts, you know? Like how is it in your head? Like, And to just make space for that. Right. I even feel like sometimes when I dance, I close my eyes because I just really want to feel my body and I want to feel what it's like to have my body be moved exactly. instead of performing. I love that you say this because I feel like that's the essence of the work that I want to bring into the world mm. is to make that shift from moving to being moved by something deeper. And I feel that's what the spending time in the dark has taught me on such a deep level, mm. you know, to stop controlling and, yeah. and searching for visibility, like predictability and to really surrender to the unknown and to the mystery and to let myself be moved by that through my words, through my actions, through my dancing, through yeah. my life. We're just, we're so addicted to needing to see results, financial results. We've been, we've grown up in the world of, pos- of um, predictability, as you said. Yeah. And with so many of us, I can speak for myself and those that I coach that are spiritual healers and entrepreneurs, they really want to move into the world of possibility and potentiality and yes. the mystery and, yeah. you know, what's, what's beyond the mind's eye, what's beyond the veil. But we're so used to wanting to control and being in the world of predictability. Yes, because it's scary to be in the unknown. We yes. don't want to be in the unknown. We want to know. Right. But living from the mystery asks for us to be in the unknown, to walk basically blindfolded through life but with a deep inner knowing where to go. Yeah. Right? And that's where the, the, the clear senses come in. Yes. And that's where the intuition comes in. Exactly. How we started this conversation. It's like yes. that deeper knowing, learning to trust that. Exactly. But so many of us are scared. And I love how you've merged that with the darkness, because in the dark. You only really have your deeper knowing yes exactly yeah if you don't have it yes exactly (laughs) and i feel so spending time in dark is a beautiful practice to learn to be more comfortable in the unknown and to find a deeper trust in places where we cannot see in this case literally but there are so many symbolic ways and situations where we cannot see or know like we live in a world where we need to insure everything like insurance for this insurance for that and that gives us then a sense of safety right but when you look at it really does it really right no it's it's money leaks everywhere exactly (laughs) so yeah for me like anchoring deeper in that mystery and let myself be moved by something deeper has brought such a deep fulfillment and sometimes it's so unlinear, it doesn't make any sense to the linear mind, but it, it, it gives such a deep recognition of what it can be like to live from soul, to yeah. live from something deeper. Yeah. And interesting because, I mean, I know in the past two years, your business has taken off and you've done really well. Yes. And how, what do you attribute the, the mystery to your success? Mm, beautiful question. I would say it's a big part of it. Yeah. Where I normally maybe would, and I think also the listeners can resonate with that. 
sometimes like I call it being in your natural flow. So when we are in connection with that deeper intelligence, it's the place where synchronicities happen, where suddenly you meet that person that gives you the right piece of the puzzle and then everything falls into its place. It's the place where magic happens, right? But before that time, what happened a lot for me is I, I would either be superior uh, to the natural flow where I start to push things, control, I tried to make it happen, but actually it wasn't ripe yet. Or I was being inferior to the natural flow where I was holding back when actually the mystery was asking me already to step into it. I was holding back and doubting myself and feeling insecure. So I would usually dance between those two. Like either I would come out and feel really uncomfortable, but I'm going to push it into the world anyway. Or I would be holding back, making myself smaller because I was really scared to come out. Yeah. Right? So many of us can resonate with that. Yeah. So I feel the magic happens in that place of natural flow. And that you can practice, you know, like one super simple practice that I started with, because I was really bad at this. I just want to make sure that everybody knows, you know, the place where I come from. Yeah, because like, I'm surprised the... to hear that you were bad with it. Because <laughs> I, I mean, as I said, I've been in several of your programs and I feel like you were born with this shit. But yeah. thanks for spelling it out. <laughs> yeah. No, I just want everybody to know that I was really scared when I started to work with my intuition. I doubted it a lot. But also with my business, I was pushing and controlling or hiding. So one really beautiful practice that helped me a lot in the beginning was to make space to start with maybe an afternoon where all you're doing is follow your aliveness to do in each moment what resonates for you right now. Mm. Where is your resonance guiding you right now? It can also be where is your aliveness or your joy or your curiosity guiding you right now? And to start following that you know, and there's a specific intelligence in there that guides us through another breadcrumb of excitement and then another breadcrumb of excitement. And then through that, I find that naturally our purpose unfolds, that naturally mm-hmm. more of our essence becomes available. 100%. It's just following yeah. what lights you up. And so many of us are scared of our own power, Yeah. right? We're scared of if we follow those pings and we follow that path. Oh my God, it's like, it's overwhelming to our system because our ego likes to, as you were saying, like, you know, make us push or we're superior or we're inferior and we're not good enough. Like that's comfort in some messed up way. Yeah. What's not comfortable is just like following what feels good. Yes, because with that usually comes fear. Sometimes people ask me, what's the difference between fear and intuition? And Mm. I usually say they go together because when we start to follow our intuition, Usually it comes with fear because it guides us out of our comfort zone. Yeah. And that's yeah. the duality of life. Yeah. I find that when we want to break the next glass ceiling or we want to, you know, get to the next point in our journey, we have to be willing to dance with both. And yes, I say this as if I'm a freaking expert at this. No, I'm not. I feel fear all the time and I really have to check myself and but keep on going ahead and being exactly. held by those who, for me in particular, I really love it when someone can mirror back to me what they see and to find those places that, well, I'm avoiding, I'm not seeing. And so what I love so much about what you're saying about the darkness is that you can see yourself in that because you're no longer avoiding it. Yes. You just have yourself. Yeah. So I'm very no curious about this darkness. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it sounds sounds really incredible and um yeah, there's so many ways to like check those parts in yourself. Like you can yeah. go into darkness and what Nicole is saying and 
really dive deep away from distractions. You can also be held by someone who can mirror you. You can also journal. You can do a million things, right? Yeah. I Mm. think also with the practices, your own intuition will guide you to the practices that feel most in resonance for you. Yeah. There's not one practice that is like better than the others. No, it's your own inner wisdom that will guide you to the right ones for you in this moment. moment. And that might change in a year. You know, you might extract all the gifts that you need to extract and then suddenly it completes itself and then you go to the next thing. I love what you're saying because at least at the beginning of my spiritual journey awakening five years ago, I was convinced it was very much my controlling mind that was like, okay, I'm going to pay for this course and then I'm going to be intuitive or I'm going to hire this person and then I'm going to be an expert in X, Y, Z. And yeah, that's not how it works (laughs) because we're, I mean, they always say like, it's a journey indeed. And there are some points where you do have a big breakthrough and you do break that next class. There are other points where you're just like coasting through because you're meant to. And yeah and they're all pieces of the puzzle right and through that you weave your own unique puzzle yes it's like the alchemy of all of those experiences that eventually make you you and also like for the programs that some I've left one one program once where I was like oh was that worth it in the end you know and the point was for me to learn the lessons around a a program like that like for me to just coast through what was in there for me to learn what were the nuggets and You can see that as like, oh, you're just being positive. But actually, it's opening yourself up to, yeah, to deeper wisdom. Yeah. And we can always choose our perspective, right? So, yes, we can say you're just being positive, but you can also say, no, we actually choose our own perspectives. Right. Because I believe there is no situation in life that gives us a certain feeling. It's always how we decide to receive that situation that determines how we feel. Absolutely. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. I mean, we we are the center of of the universe, each of us. (laughs) Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for coming, for speaking about such deep topics like the darkness, intuition, your own entrepreneurial experience. Um, it's been an honor and a pleasure speaking to you in the closet. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. Yay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, my love. That about sums up this week's juicy episode. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to pass it along to a girlfriend you think might get uplifted from this conversation. And if there was a particular juicy nugget that you enjoyed, please feel free to share it on your social media and tag me. That way I can shower you with my love and appreciation. Thank you so much. And don't forget to give this podcast five stars so it can reach as many people as possible who are interested in pleasure, profit, and soul in the new age. Yes, motherfucker. I'm so happy you were here. Thank you so much. And I'll see you for the next episode. Lots of love. And don't forget to stay juicy.